The weather is finally getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune. Luckily, I found Quince. Now I've got a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after year, like premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. The best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost like the middleman that passes the savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. I am so excited. I have two gorgeous, lightweight cashmere sweaters coming my way. One camel, one heather gray. I cannot wait to wear them in the warmer months when it's chilly in LA. Throwing them over my shoulders. Going to look so cute. Can't wait. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash judging Megan for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash judging Megan to get free shipping and 365 day returns quince.com slash judging Megan and now back to the podcast enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet when you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features live betting options and the best daily promotions in the business and with BetMGM at your fingertips every play and every game matters more than ever place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Welcome to Judging Megan with your host, Megan Judge. Um, a few things. This this episode's going to be very heavy. So let's let me say that before we go into it. I'm going to try and start late. I always do. I'm going to warn you, I'm most 100% going to ugly cry. So I'll say that if you're watching on YouTube. I hate to plug it that I'm going to be ugly crying. But um, I already... this. My guest, Kristen, can tell you I already started crying and we didn't even record yet. So that's number one. Um, Number two. So a few listeners have reached out. And I, again, I'm always open to positive. I don't love the negative feedback, but I need it. I need the feedback because it helps me help you, which is my end goal. But a few people have been like, Megan, why are there so many commercials on the latest episodes? Well, listeners. Um, I must tell you that I I actually have to, believe it or not, make money off of my podcast. I don't, this is my one thing that I do now. I'm also writing a book. So for somebody that was diagnosed with attention deficit in seventh grade, it's pretty, pretty shocking to my younger self if you told me I'd write a book one day. But this is what I do for my for my living right now. And so I have to have ad- advertisers. I really try to promote advertising that I believe in. So when you hear me, you know, talk about a product or I'm endorsing a product, I ha- I I give the okay on that. But I'm sorry if there are ads in the podcast. I try to do my best to break them up like every podcaster does. But your poor little friend Megan needs to needs to get thrown some dollars to continue to do this because it is expensive. I have to pay my producer. I have to pay my editor and my social media person. So that's it. That's what I wanted to say to start. Again, it's okay to send me feedback. I love hearing from you. I especially like the good stuff, but I do appreciate the bad stuff too. It's part of what I do. Okay. So I got that out of the way. Um, Next thing really quickly 
Kristen, I'm going to tell you this too. It's very exciting for me. My nephew, Johnny Hodges, number 57, TCU. Um, I am pretty much a stalker. Like I'm a stalker to the TCU football team. I now follow TCU everything on TikTok. I'm in my 40s. I'm like an old lady stalking these like poor 20 something like football players. I'm like, go Max. And I like follow them all. And I'm so freaking proud of that TCU football team. I've never watched a football game fully in my entire life. And Kristen, I'm going to tell you right now, I have a TCU flag in front of my house, like a weird stalker aunt. Um, I also like like call my sister who's Johnny's mom like 24 hours a day and I'm like well I want you to know that I was watching the Michigan game and these are some plays I have not seen before and I go into detail about these plays and I'm like do you think their coach knows that they're doing this she's like Megan you're a complete moron they know don't worry so anyways TCU is going to be in the in the bowl in a bowl against Michigan on December 31st And I wanted to go so bad, but I cannot go. And when I tell you that this is a team that worked their tail off and were like, you know, told the entire football season they're not good enough, they don't have a name, blah, blah, blah. Well, this is a perfect example of keep going. You can do it. And then they're they're ranked the top four teams. So now it's. Alabama undefeated. I sound so annoying. Sorry. Alabama undefeated playing, I think, Ohio State. Yes. And then TCU and Michigan. And I just have to tell you, I am like, I am like praying to baby Jesus every single night. I want all of my listeners to put in special prayers for Johnny Hodges, number 57, and Max Dugan, the quarterback, to win the Heisman Trophy. That's it. Dropping the mic. We've all been put here for a reason, and we all deserve acceptance. Judging Megan with Megan Judge. I'm a trauma survivor from a really young age, and I have been diagnosed with complex PTSD in the past few years. I've been surrounded by death and abuse much of my life. I've been dragged through the mud and have been to the point of not wanting to go on anymore. Through my interviews with other survivors, I've learned that there is a way out. From recovering to surviving and thriving, we all have the strength to come out the other side. You are listening to Judging Megan. Kristen, thank you for coming on my podcast today. Um, I really appreciate it. Kristen is already, I can tell from talking to her for five minutes of my life, my people, Um, her story is one she applied to be on my podcast, I think, or reached out on me in social, on social media. And I was like, I needed to tell her story. Um, I needed to have her, I needed to have my audience listen to this story. Kristen is a badass. I'll say that she's also a stand-up comedian, which I'm so impressed by and I love that Kristen kind of incorporates humor out of darkness which is what I kind of try to do in my life and it's so important humor has saved my life I think it's saved Kristen's too so welcome Kristen thank you so much for coming on my podcast uh I can't even begin to say how incredible it is that you're having me here today your podcast and i have to plug our girls on the other side of the world good morning podcast ah i'm selling him i'm gonna i'm gonna send i they better listen to this because those girls they were they're my favorites and their new book is coming out p.s i can't wait for their new book i can't even tell you how many times listening to your podcast jumping to theirs it's gotten me through the darkest days of my life and uh uh which is current so here we are yeah well thank you Kristen for making me cry within the first seven minutes of recording I really appreciate it um you know when when I have guests on that either found me because they listen or they listen at all because I found them or how however people find me or they apply I am always just so honored like oh don't do this. Um, I'm always so honored that people listen in general. Like 
I really, really mean that. And that's why I do what I do, because I love meeting people like you. And the whole goal of my life is to help people get out of pain and grief and loss and trauma and heal from this. So um, I know your story is really difficult because you're still in the process of grieving. And I think like I talk about a a lot, grieving is a lifelong process. So we're going to have like really, especially in the beginning stages, shock, all the things that people go through. But then all of a sudden one day, you know, it's 10 years later and you're like, you know, watching a movie and snot bubbles are dripping out of your nose <laughs> and you're like, what, how did this happen? So let's talk about you. Um, let's tell a little bit about where you're from um, and, and like, Let's go into your story because I know it's a difficult one. Yeah, sure. Well, I'm originally from New York. My family and I were all from the Bronx. And um, like the rest of all the Jewish families in the 80s, we moved to Florida. (laughs) Um, (laughs) We grew up in South Florida near Miami. Uh, I started managing hotels. It took me down to the Florida Keys. I lived in Key West for a really long time, which was a very magical chapter in my life. And yeah. uh, had a, I turned 25. I was on the island for a long time, and I said I gotta get off this rock. And uh, so I just, I, last place I visited was North Carolina. So I just made a split decision. I said I liked it. People were nice. I'm coming, and I and I moved to Raleigh, North Carolina. A year later, I met my husband, and uh, a month later, after meeting my the man I was gonna marry, my husband, uh, my dad was diagnosed with lung cancer, and. Nine months later, he passed. And my mom struggled with drug addiction for a very long time. And she succumbed to her addictions a month after my dad passed. So I just met this man months later. Both my parents passed weeks apart and weeks before my birthday. So uh, that was the start of our relationship. And uh, my husband, we got married October 21st. I'm sorry, <laughs> October 21st, uh, 2019. And we really built an incredible foundation for ourselves in our partnership that was very much a safe and open space for us to be exactly who we wanted to be. We explored parts of ourselves that we didn't really get, but it made each other ha- made me happy, made him happy, and we supported our quirkiness. And... Uh, he, we both contracted COVID January of this year, and um, he's had high blood pressure. He's a bit of a stubborn man. I'm just going to say what you're not supposed to. He was a stubborn man, and uh, he didn't go to the doctor as much as he should. Yeah. And he was having episodes of where he couldn't breathe a lot. Sometimes he would faint, and he was an incredible man, but stubborn. So he contracted COVID, and... Um, February seventh uh, of this year, he he had a heart attack. We were at home, and we just got home from a beautiful date. And um, he fell asleep before I did. Uh, he was he I called him my old man. He was only forty two. I'm only thirty five, but he was still my old man. And uh, <laughs> you know, he always he always fell asleep first. And all of a sudden, he he sat up as if he was dreaming and his body was doing things as if he was in a dream. He's never done that before, but I thought he was dreaming, but it was a heart attack. And then it got, he stopped breathing and I had to call 911 and they told me to get him off the couch. He was a massive man. He was very built, incredibly built. And, um, I was trying to give him compressions. Of course I was doing it wrong, but I've, I've spoken to widows who are also, nurses and they were in the same scenario with their husbands and they've also done it wrong. It's just the scenario. And, uh, he, they were working on him for an hour. He made it to the hospital 36 hours later. It was time. Uh, the doctors and the staff at UNC Rex hospital got me through that whole, I never left him. I never left his side. (laughs) When we got there, they said, you know, he has COVID. You can't stay overnight. And I looked the doctor in the eye. I said, you might as well go call the cops now because I'm not leaving until my husband dies or wakes up. I'm not leaving his side. And for 36 hours, I didn't leave that hospital. I stayed with him. He was never alone. And um, 
my husband was very big on pride and dignity and he drove with honesty and integrity and i was very in tuned with the moment before it was it was time for us to make that decision I, it's almost it's almost like logic came in and I, and i and i thought of him in that moment i didn't think of myself and as soon as the doctor said we have to think about his dignity i looked up at the doctor i said okay let's go i didn't it lasted less than 10 minutes uh, the decision making it wasn't dramatic um i think that was my husband telling me it was a word i don't hear often and he used all the time and as soon as the doctor said that i just knew so you knew it was a sign yeah. okay well first of all <laughs> sometimes i really am i know this is shocking to you left speechless like wondering why like wondering why you know, I mean, there's so many times in my own life where I wonder, well, why, why did this happen? What, how come? Can I get freaking break? Like, where are you, God? Are you spiritual? I'm just curious. Uh, I'm a very spiritual person. So I was, Yeah. I lived, it's, what are we? We're in December. This happened in February. Uh -huh. I lived in the Y for the first, I would say, four months of my grief and, uh-huh. Then it turned into, it's impossible to experience a connection with another soul the way I did. And yeah. just it stopped. To me, that seemed, it sounded impossible. I'm like, no, that's not, that's not what's happening here. So I then turned why, why, why into, he's not here. How else can I communicate with him? And I opened my mind to things I wasn't open to before. And, yeah. and that includes God in a different fashion, not in the way that everyone's probably thinking when I say that word. And, um, yeah. spiritually I've, I've, I've come so far with my grief and I've done so many things and, and I now can feel his energy. I'm starting to feel him around me and I can tune in with my energy and I could tune in with his, and I can have a conversation with him, not necessarily hearing him but I know what he would say. I know what he would tell me. I know how he thinks. And so my whys became, okay, this is, this is what it is, but it's not gone. It's somewhere. I just have to figure it out. It's, so uh, it's new. It's new. Person. It's very fresh grief. I mean, to, and, and then on top of that, to just be, go through the trauma of being orphaned. I mean, by both parents, like to be an orphan and lose both your parents so close together. Um, it, it it makes me, I still to this day, sometimes I think, and I don't know if you're like this, sometimes when people go through a lot of loss, there's good things about it, like you can help other people. But sometimes I still go, well, I don't know what to say. I really don't. And I wish more people said that to other people. I don't know what to say. I'm here. I want to listen. I'm here to listen, but not, you know, and I'm not saying there's anybody has ill will or ill intention when they're talking to people and they've got gone through loss, but sometimes people just don't know what to say. And I, sometimes I'm honestly left not knowing what to say, you know, believe it or not, cause I'm such a freaking big mouth. Um, but I will tell you, you know, it's go ahead. I was about to say, it's, I'm sorry to interrupt you. It's interesting that you say that because a lot of friends and family I have, I've, I've, I've communicated to, but I have them pushed away. I'm not in direct contact with friends and family right now. The The people in my life right now, about 90% of them that I'm allowing near me don't know my husband or didn't know my parents. And these are strangers uh, that are saying the most incredible things to me that have no idea who they were. I, For example, someone said to me the other day, I, I told this woman that I met, this lovely couple, and she was about 30, give or take. And she said, I know you're not okay. And that, it just, it um, my body relaxed. Mm -hmm. It was just everything. And and this young girl that I met the other day, she's 19 years old. And I told her about my husband. And she said, 
I know he had to have been special to be married to someone like you. These are strangers. But Kristen, don't you think that sometimes like, I mean, I really believe this. And as I'm getting older and I realize like, oh, I don't have like, I'm definitely if I'm if I'm lucky, I'll live to be 100. As But P.S. I don't want to live to be 100 because I don't want to be like pooping in my pants. But um, and my mom says that to me all the time. She's like, Megan, if I'm ever pooping in my pants, please like don't. And I'm like, OK, we're all too vain in my family to be like that. But um, in all seriousness, I think I think that we tend to gravitate in grief towards people that almost don't know us too well. Does that sound weird or you know, the gift of being able to listen to a podcast. I was telling somebody the other day, and I might have said this on the podcast already, so if I'm repeating a story, I'm sorry. When I lost my dad when I was 13, a camp, I was in a theater camp, and I was like one of the leads in this play at that I was doing a theater camp at, and my dad's funeral happened to fall on the day of the performance. So I couldn't be in the performance. And this, she had to have been like 15 years old, this camp counselor that I idolized. Like I thought she was so cool because she was in high school and I was like probably, well, I was like 12 or 13. I was 13. She wrote me this letter. And to this day, all these years later, I have never forgotten the letter. I've never forgotten what she said because she said something that I don't, I don't remember the exact words, but I just remember her saying just like empathizing with the fact that like my father was gone and I was a kid and all this stuff. So I think it makes perfect sense that you gravitate towards like, whether it be a podcast or whether it be like somebody on the street or whether it, whoever it is, like that is your way of grieving. And so if people are real family and real friends, then they'll understand that you need your space. And this is where you are right now. And people have to respect that. Another thing I was going to tell you from listening to this is so far is I love when people say that the people in their lives that they're so lucky to have, even if it's for the shortest amount of time, like, would you rather have not had that person? You know what I'm saying? Like the gift of being given a soul that your husband sounds so freaking awesome. And I know he's with you. And I like to say a lot of times there's a poem about they're just in the room next door. We just can't see them, but they're just next door. They're in the room next door. And I like to think that way. And I, so I had to say that to you because I really feel everything you're saying is real. And I really, really believe that he really is with you. And if you are tapped into that, they're still here. They're still here. They're sending us messages all the time, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I had to say that to you. I'm sorry for the long-winded yeah. response. No, no, thank you for sharing that. They absolutely are. I mean, what were you saying? What you were saying earlier, as far as us gravitating to, towards people who don't know us or the ones we've lost. I, speaking as a widow, I, you, we, it's so hard to continue. Besides the obvious reasons, as a widow, to be able to continue because when we do have moments of happiness or we're laughing again, or we're out, we're having a good time, it stops us in our tracks. And we're like, no, we're not, this isn't, we're, we're supposed to be really sad right now. We're supposed to be at home crying in bed right now. We're supposed to be really depressed. And if a widow has the courage and the strength to continue, we need, and we need, we need an arena where we're not a widow. Yeah. That's what we need. You don't want to so be I labeled have- that way. And also people need to understand, hey, Like, I can't go right back to my regular life. It's going to be different. It's going to look different. I'm a different person. I've been affected by this for the rest of my life. I will never be the same Kristen that I was. Right? And that that can be so tremendously hard, you know, because it is like feeling robbed and it is all the things that it is, that it, it is and will be. 
but people need to understand, even if they have the best of intentions, you you need the space and you need to learn how to become a brand new Kristen. It's it there's two parts to what you just said. It's it's hard for me and although I'm not in direct contact with my family right now, mm-hmm. I I know it's hard for them. Yeah. And what ultimately it's all come down to is they're going to have to understand and accept that they're getting a new family member. Once I'm once I learn who that family member is and I have foundation underneath me again, they're going to have to learn who that they're getting a new. It's like adopting a new family member. I'm never going to be the same person. And that's not by choice. This changes you. Mm-hmm. It's not a choice I make. Like today, I'm going to be a different Kristen. It's this is who I am today. How am I going to get through today? It's it's that simple. Yeah, it's a and I, and I would say it's like and I. I can't imagine like losing you know, I mean, I can't imagine losing my husband. I mean, we've been together. We've grown up together. We've known each other since I was 26 and he was 27. And I do, and I do have the trauma that's always like tapping me on the shoulder. And I'm sure you do too, where it's like, what's next? What's going to happen next? And you're scared. I don't know if you're there, but I am, I try not to live in the space of like, will something happen to my kids? Will this, will that? And try to live it day by day. But because you're so freshly in the period of grieving, it's so important to that. I love that what you're saying that you have to remind yourself. And if my listeners are listening, it's okay. Like you can be selfish right now. And if anything, people need to understand, like I deserve to be selfish right now and, and like let, and just like let it rest and let it be, you know, I think a lot of times when people are going through grief just like you, you're funny. You're a stand-up comedian. Sometimes you don't want to be funny, right, Kristen? No, not even. Yeah. No. And and you know, it's so important. I mean, what you're saying, I'm I'm in the most selfish phase of my I've never been so selfish. And people that I've worked with, friends, family, you'll tell them how selfless I am. Mm-hmm. And my husband always said that like you're so selfless. But right now, it's so important. It takes so much energy as a widow every, every day. And I know I lost my parents, you, you know that, but you know, the widow it's, it's fresh, you know, I call myself a black widow though. Yeah. You, know? <laughs> you have to have a spin on it. Black, you know, and uh, <laughs> it's just every day you wake up and you have to first check in with your grief before you can start your day. I mean, I sent communications to my family recently. And one thing I said to them was, you know, it's like a lion lives inside of me. I can't eat until he eats. Once he eats, then I can feed myself, you know, and it takes a lot of energy to be in yourself. So when we say selfish, it sounds, there's a negative tone. To I it, shouldn't even have said selfish. Yeah, I shouldn't have said, because now I'm thinking about what you said. There should be a new well, word that created for it because it's not selfish. Self-full, self-full maybe. Like yeah. self, you're, you're, you're I, you know, imagine I'm, I was raised in Florida, so we're going to do some Florida analogies, but I, you know, imagine like losing your husband and, and in such an, such an abrupt way, we, we were just getting started. Yeah. We were just getting started. And it, it's like, imagine, uh, imagine surviving a category five hurricane and it was so horrific. It took the earth that was underneath the foundation that your house sat on. You can't even rebuild there. It's not possible. There's no more home. So I have to build a home inside myself and it takes my full self to do that. I, I don't have space for anyone else's energy besides my own. It's just impossible. And that's okay. And that's okay. So the word probably, yeah. the word shouldn't, the word should just be existing, like moving, moving on, like rebuilding, rebuilding, like back off, I'm rebuilding, whatever it is. But at some point, the word will come to me and I'll probably be driving my car later today and I'll think that Um, (laughs) because that's how my brain works. But let me ask you like a little twist on it is with all the political stuff with COVID, which I should never have been political to begin with. Like, I mean, people were insane during COVID and, you know, the aftermath is it's just like all washed away. 
Were, was there ever a point where you were like angry because it was about COVID and how political COVID got? Or was it just like it is what it is and he already had pre-existing conditions? And I was curious about that and how you felt about that. Yeah, I I was in the space of angry about COVID for a little okay. bit after. Not okay. a long not a long time at all. And the only reason that is, is because uh, heart attacks run in my husband's family. And um, he was having episodes and he, he was a, he was a stubborn man. I'm just going to say mm-hmm. it. You know, I know he's, he's, he's gone. We passed. It's not all rainbows and butterflies. He was the sexiest human I've ever met in my entire <laughs> life. He was, oh God, he was just mountain of a man everywhere we went women oh my gosh they had no shame they'll walk i'll be right on his arm and women will rock right up and be like so what are you doing later and i'm just like at least buy him dinner so i can you're like oh i'm just his wife no big deal that's it he was just this mountain of a man and people were drawn to him but i knew what i was marrying he was a he was a biker we rode bikes we we rode motorcycles all up and down the florida keys we we lived on the bike and i knew i was marrying a reckless animal on a Harley Davidson who was stubborn, but was the most incredible person I've ever met. I knew I wasn't going to have a long time with him. And I married him knowing that. Um, You knew that. You knew that already going in. But I didn't know it when it, I didn't know it was going to be this small amount of time. I thought I would have him until he was at least 60. I really did. And I would even say things like, can you just wait until our daughter, my bonus daughter is at least 18. Like, can you just stick around till she's 18? Like I just knew he knew it too. He would say it all the time. And you know, when you lose, when you, when you lose someone and real quick, just to, I want to say this one thing that you mentioned earlier about, would you, if I knew I would only have five and a half years with him, I absolutely would have continued because everything we gave each other, it it's, 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 I can't, it's so hard to describe our partnership. It, I mean, we treated it like this this baby, we nurtured it. We really created a beautiful environment for ourselves. We were friends before we were husband and wife. We really were, we just wanted the best for each other. And I knew he was gonna pass young and I just, I accepted him for everything he was and I didn't want to corner him. He was doing a lot of healing, a lot of internal work. He did. He went to therapy for me because I started to go through that therapy. And I said, the way marriage is, I'm not an expert, but in my own personal experience, the way I see marriage is breaking apart is when one partner is growing and the other one isn't. That's how they grow apart. A hundred percent. So if we're not, 100%. we don't have to grow the same way, but if we're not growing together, it's not going to work. And that really sunk in with him. And he was doing some beautiful inner work. And, um, you know, I knew how stubborn he was. I knew he was ill with his heart and he should have gone to the doctor more, but I just didn't want to put him in a cage. He was caged his whole life before he got to me. He couldn't be him. His, he didn't have a safe environment to be his true self until, until me. And it was the same vice versa. So I just didn't want to take that away from him. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. This time of year is the worst. I feel like I can't do anything and I can't enjoy my dinner because I can't taste my food and I can't work out because I feel tired and distracted. I can't even feel like I can host this show because my voice sounds like a duck. Luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D designed for serious allergy sufferers. Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. I feel like I've been using Claritin D for probably a few months now, and I have really noticed a difference. I can work out. I'm not feeling like my eyes are watering and my nose is all stuffed up. I can speak without feeling like a frog has jumped into my throat. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Why pay more for a separate CoQ10 supplement? Enjoy twice the benefits with Superbeats Heart Chews Advanced from the number one doctor, pharmacist, and cardiologist recommended beet brand for heart health support. The new Superbeats Heart Chews Advanced by Human is now infused with CoQ10. That's essentially like getting CoQ10 for free. Our powerful blend of beetroot, grapeseed extract, and CoQ10 ingredients support nitric oxide production healthy blood pressure, healthy CoQ10 levels, and heart-healthy energy with two tasty chews a day. Plus, Superbeats Heart Chews Advance are plant-based, so you get heart-healthy energy without stimulants. For a limited time, get a free 30-day supply of Superbeats Heart Chews on all bundles and 15% off your first order by going to RadioBeats.com and using promo code DEAL. That's RadioBeats.com, code DEAL. Do you think sometimes what you just said is so interesting that we know, because it sounds like you knew he wasn't meant for this world. Like, does that make sense? Like you almost knew he was on borrowed time. I feel like that. I feel like I knew that. I knew that about my best friend, Julie, who I talk about a lot. I knew somewhere in the back of my mind. I knew she was not of this world. I knew she was too good. And I think sometimes people think, oh, I'm like making her out to be the saint. If you knew Julie, she really honestly was. And I have a lot of people that can tell, can vouch for that. Do you, do you think that? I think he was meant for this world. I think his purpose in this world was to, he was sent to me and he was, he was sent here mm-hmm. to create his daughter who is she's 11 what she lacks in age she makes up she's the the most beautiful young woman i've ever met and i fell in love with her as soon as i met her and he didn't want to live that long he didn't want to he wanted to live longer than he did i know that he wanted to stay longer it wasn't his time but he didn't want to be an old man he wanted to ride motorcycles going 120 miles down the down the road and he wanted to just live and I know he was I knew he wasn't going to be here a long time because of the way he lived he was he was this wild animal and it was so awesome to be around it was like the coolest kid in high school you know just doing all this crazy stuff and he was just he just lived he absolutely lived and you know his passing is the most devastating thing that's ever happened in my life but he lived and I got to help him live. I mean, what a gift, yeah. you know? What a gift to it receive. Is. It's and incredible. What a gift to yeah. So. How long were you together again? We met total? July 29th, 2016. And um, a month later, he said, I love you, which I was very shocked. <laughs> and then a month later, we moved in and, and we were together to the hip. And he uh, proposed to me a year in, which I said, no, I knew I was going to marry him, but I wasn't ready for marriage. I was like, I'm only 31. I'm a child still, you know, like, it just felt like such a big thing to me. And then as we went on in our relationship, uh, I knew I knew I was ready to be married. So I said, how how am I going to tell him that like, you know, I want him to propose I'm ready. So it was his um, 40th birthday. And I booked him a surprise trip to Vegas. And I knew once I told him, because I can't keep secrets when it comes to surprise gifts, I always tell the person. Um, 
He was in, I'm like that yeah. too. Oh, yes. oh, I can't. I'm, really I'm like, I got you something that. really cool. I just got to <laughs> give it to you now. I just got to give it to you now. But yeah, I, uh, I told him, uh, we were standing in the kitchen. I was like, we're going to Vegas for your birthday. He goes, all right, did you pick out a wedding ring? Like, it was just not even a question. He knew. And we didn't tell anyone. We eloped. And it was the most perfect experience. It was just us. No one else was there. It was this whole beautiful, significant moment between two people that no one else knew about. And it was everything. It was it was the wedding we both wanted. And, and it was just so natural the way we put things together. We were like, let's just do it here. And let's do it in front of the fountains outside in the middle of random strangers. And let's go. Like, there was no like, but I want this. And, you know, I brought up, it was just so just us. And it was incredible. It really was. It's like the most the most amazing love story. It kind of reminds me of and wit and being a widow so young, like with so many dreams and hopes ahead of you. Um, my mom was widowed at older than you, but yet still young, left with four kids to raise and had already lost a child. So you know, you think about people sometimes and wonder, well, like why like with you like why did I lose my parents and then here I am but he was brought in to help heal my heart until this to this day and my mom remarried like a complete nightmare but anyway um she still talks about my dad like you know like I can't wait to be reunited and and you know my parents were like the kind of parents like sounds like how you were where they would like dance in the kitchen (laughs) They were just so happy, rarely, rarely fought. But I'm wondering what it's like to have the label of widow. What is that like for you? I, um, it's getting easier to have. Okay. It's, it's the, the, besides the obvious, what, what's difficult about it is the way people look at you. So it's just like what you said, it's very unique for someone to be my age and to be a widow. And uh, a month or two, two months after he passed away, I went on uh, an app where you meet up and I found a widow group. So I've been a part of a widow group this whole year and they're all 65 and older and they're my closest friends. Love we it. just had our holiday party. Mm-hmm. It was great. Some of my like dearest friends are, are like, I hate saying elderly, but older and they're, and like, they're awesome. I did a spiritual retreat yeah. and made amazing friends with women that are over 60. Yeah. yeah. So they made it easier, but at my age, um, it's a really good question. It's, it's, it, you feel like no matter what you wear and no matter how you put yourself together, it's on your forehead. There's just no, even if you're having a light grief day, it's, it's, it's on your forehead because it's not like I got divorced. It's not like, things didn't work out. Someone cheated. It's, it's this person that is soul connected to me is now gone. It's just in a, in a blink of an eye. So now you just, it's a kind of like wearing an armor, but not in a protective way. You know what I mean? It's, it's just, no matter what I put on, it's there. So I have to swim with it and not against it because it's who I am. And even if I remarry, I'm, I'm still going to be a widow. I just remarried, you know, it's, so I've learned to lit to to put it on and and to be comfortable you know it's it's kind of like putting on new clothes they're kind of all right it's a new shirt gotta like kind of you know make it fit right I learned how to make things fit instead of take it off and not not try to wear it if that makes sense oh I love that you said that because it is being young like you are and just having you know I think it's people don't really understand it um I have had a man on that I adored and he wrote a book and he lost his wife pretty young and then he ended up getting remarried. But he's like, I've never forgotten like my true love, my first love. And then, and then his new wife, you know, he met the person that can understand that they may always be kind of living in a shadow of that other person that will still always be there. And that's really important. Like if you ever decide that you are ready, do want to meet somebody again, you're still like in the very early process. But just coming from also like being a child 
like that lost a parent really young. Um, knowing my mom and being able to forgive my mom because she met somebody that was like pretty much the worst of all time, but she didn't, she was just like had a bad picker and was probably just beside herself losing my dad. But just knowing that that person has to know that the new person always has to know that that soul is still there. So it's almost like when you are, if it, when, and if, it's, there's always going to be that other piece of it. And that, and my guest that came on and talked about that, I thought that was really remarkable that the, the person that he married was, is open to that. And it's really important, you know, to, if you ever decide to go that route. Um, but it's, I, I understand it's everything's so fresh, you know? So it's like taking it day yeah. by day, step by step. Um, and just like living, living it with it right now, right? Yeah, everything is really fresh. But I've, I've, I've done so much, so much work to get to the point where I can have a conversation like this less than a year. Yeah. I've, I joined a widow group, I've been on healing trips, I've, I have my grief counselor once a week. I, I mean, I, I, I've done so much. I've, I've written a lot of comedy about this and, and joked about my dead husband on stage and it really splits a room. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but, um, you know, it's, the thing is what you're saying about partnership and, and, you know, if, and when I I'm only 35, yeah. I do want to love again. I'm not ready to right now, but I absolutely do want to love again. The thing is when you experience a partnership that like I did with my husband, it was so healthy and magical and unique and wonderful you want that again, even, even in the heart of losing the person that you thought you were going to have the rest of your life with. It's something that was so incredible. I know it's inside me. I can build it again. I can build it with someone else. And yeah, of course I want to love again. I have, I have so much love inside me. I'm, I love loving. I love complimenting random strangers on the street just because I know what that feels like. You know, I just, I just, this whole experience has humbled me to the point where I just drive with kindness and love because it's all I have now. That's all I have. All the love I can't give to him. I'm giving to myself and others doing this podcast. This is the love I would give to him. I'm giving it to whoever this is helping, wherever well, they are. You are so. helping people. Kristen, you're a freaking badass. I need to tell you that because <laughs> seriously, like I know that there's so many people that nobody, there's really like, there's all kinds of books and manuals and podcasts and whatever it is on the grieving process. And, but then there's also like the reality that everybody grieves in different ways. Right. So when I'm not going to yeah. grieve the same way that you're going to grieve and the girl next yeah. down the street's not going to grieve the same way that we do. But when I'm, I'm always admire people that are like, okay. And maybe it's because you've already gone through grief which helps because I know for me that by the time I lost Julie, I was like, well, I've been this, through this before. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to pick myself up and I'm going to go to work and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And it's all the steps that you're saying that you took and you're taking. But it's because you have already been through it in a lot of ways. So if there's somebody listening right now and they're still, you know, a month out or three months out or six months out and they can't get out of bed or they can't, they can't seem to like look in a mirror and get themselves ready to do, to leave their house. That's okay too. You know, like everybody's grief is going to yeah. look different and nobody needs to rush it. It's, it's okay. Right. Yeah. I lived, you know, the person you're seeing right now and listening to this is, months on months and months in and a lot of work but i lived exactly what you're saying i lived there for the first four or five months even six months recently i just got out of that and i still have those days where i get stuck in those in in that where i can't get out of bed those days still happen frequently it's just not every day and the days that it happens the days where it's just so consuming as a widow you're like you can't even look at the walls that you shared with him. You can't even look at the bed that you shared with him. None of it. I just start my routines. 
I remember what I've put in place. So I remember what makes me feel good as a woman. So as a woman, even when he was here, I, I enjoy washing my face. I enjoy putting on my lotions. So I would get up and I would say, just go brush your teeth. Just, just go brush your teeth and see how that feels. Just put on some clean underwear, damn it. Just put on some deodorant. Just see how that feels. Just do one step at a time. Like for example, right now, I go to the gym and there's people at the gym who I've start made friends with and they ask me like, I can't believe you come here every day. My mom's a widow. She still can't get out of bed. She's three years in after correcting them because you shouldn't compare grief. Yeah. I say, I'm here crying half the time. I will cry in the middle of, of a grocery store. I will cry in the middle of a street. I don't care that it bothers you. That's not my problem. That's literally your problem. I swim with the grief waves. I swim with the grief, but that didn't happen overnight. I learned it's not gonna last forever. It is a wave. And if you swim against it, you're gonna drown in it. You just have to ride the waves. Some waves are two days, some waves are three hours, some waves are 10 minutes, but each wave that I was in, the way I got out of it is I just kept going with it and I allowed it, I gave it what it needed. It just needed to exist. It needed validation. And then I just did little things like, just go eat an apple, just go get a glass of water, just put your shoes on. Like going to the gym is still hard for me every day, but I go and, and those times when I don't wanna go, my, I just can't go and I say, just put on one sock. It starts with one sock. That's it's so I break it down. I do. I just I'm like, you can do this. You see 20 steps. It's not possible. But if you see one step, what's the first step in front of you? Just take it. I love that you're saying that, you know, when when I and I do, I talk about Julie a lot because that out of all my losses, that was my that was that was I mean, I say all the time. She was, I believe women and men, like lovers, husbands, whatever it be, can be soulmates. But I also believe people come into your lives. And Julie was a soulmate of mine. She was my very best. Yeah. Friend. I cried when you, yeah. I cried when you told the story about how you guys met. I was like, well, she was sent to you. She, she was, was sent to me. Sent and to it you. sounds like very similar to your husband. Can you tell me his name, by the way? His name, his name is Michael Cushman, but nobody knows him by Mike. We all call him Cush. Oh my so God. I love that. Nobody. It, it's funny because it was, and all the men in his family are called Cush. So we'll go to like the barbecues and everyone's like Cush. And you know, which men they're talking to. It's the funniest thing. But even when we first started dating, I was like, what's your first name again? Because everyone called him Cush. So. I love that. And I, that's <laughs> was, such a perfect yeah. name. I love it. Cause I can picture him. I yeah. can picture him. I think, I don't know. I just love hearing that. But yeah, like I remember like, and I think I've talked about this before in the podcast, but when it first happened, when I, when I, when she first was in the hospital in the coma and they, and I, and I like had to, I went to church and I was like, please, this can't happen. You can't, you cannot take her from me. Like you cannot yeah. like kind of like, negotiating with God where there's really no such thing, you know, I mean, life is life. Bad things are going to happen. They happen every day to different people. We don't even know the stories of what people go through in life. That's part of why I do what I do because I want to normalize the people go through things and talk about it. But I was the, I was, I would talk to her like a complete, like a complete psychopath like driving my car. Like I would have a conversation with a person that I couldn't see in the car. And that was my way of dealing with it. You know, like, guess what? This is what I'm doing today. And even when I went through my worst time, that was even worse than losing Julie, where I went through that horrible friend breakup. And those women were so incredibly awful to me. And I remember not wanting to live and go on a few years ago, I would go on these long walks and I talk about it a lot. And a butter butterflies. I always talk to butterflies. They're my sign. Yes. Yeah. So do you do you yes. have a sign? I would I always ask this. I need to know if you have a sign that he's with you. So I have um multiple signs. Um anytime I hear the temptations, that's a sign from my father. Um <sighs> uh, my father, he we grew up with music. My house was filled with music from the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s. There's nothing but music all the time. But the 60s, that's like where my dad, he was born in the 50s. So every time I hear the temptations, which is not frequent, you don't really hear them these days. I'm like, that's my dad. And then from my mom, butterflies all yeah. day, 
it's my mom is the butterflies 100 percent and um even my sister-in-law knew it at, at my mom's funeral my sister-in-law she shared with me after the funeral months after she goes i saw this butterfly and it was kind of hanging around us and i could feel it was your mom and and and, and like it's just multiple people and the butterflies and my mom but my husband <laughs> gives me the most direct signs i yell at him i yell at him i'm like <laughs> like <laughs> i ask him i ask him for signs and they slap me in the face I'll, I'll, like i after uh he passed a couple months he passed i moved out of the house right away i was just transient for a couple months then i found an, an apartment so he's never been in this apartment i've been in this apartment for seven months um through my grief i like things to be in their place it makes it soothes me so i've cleaned this apartment top to bottom ocd a million times since i've been here two months ago i found one of his beard hairs sitting right on my sink in my bathroom which is impossible the brushes are new i've wiped everything all his stuff is in storage it's impossible and i went to a medium a week after and i said to my grief counselor i said if if he if the medium says something about that beard hair, then then like he put that there. Like that was a sign because I asked for a sign from him and then I found that beard hair and it was, his beard hair is long, coarse. I know his beard hair. And uh, I went to a medium five minutes in. She goes, did you find something of his on your bathroom sink recently? No. Yeah, five minutes in, five minutes in. And there's no way she would have known. No, I, no way. I mean, I, that's, yeah. That there's no way that's, that's so, how, you know, they're there. Yeah. Yeah. Every time a motorcycle, every time I pass a motorcycle, which you're like, oh, well, they're all over the road. I always see motorcycles in when I'm doubting myself or when I feel like I can't continue. That's when I see them the most. And that's him. He put me on this road down the street from my house because I'm at my lowest point and I don't know how to move forward for the next five minutes. Then I see a motorcycle and that's him. We lived that was our heaven. We, nothing else mattered, but that us and that bike, it was, it was the most magical place for us. It was everything. I love hearing that. God, I could seriously talk yeah. to you all day and, and, but I, but I, I want people listening to know like they're there. If you're going through this, they yes. are freaking there. They are there and pay attention to yes, your dreams. And like when I tell you the story, if you listen to a podcast I did, I don't know which one it was, but I, when I was like, I was so sad, so sad. I didn't want to go on like the worst pain I've ever been in, even worse than losing Julie. And one day I'm walking up this big giant hill and this butterfly was following me the entire hill and it's a big hill. And I just was like, that's how you know, like, you know, you have to pay yep. attention to the signs because they are there and they love us and they miss us. And yeah, we can't see them. Yeah. And that's the worst part about it is like when you want to tell them, like, guess what? This happened today or, you know, the milestones, you know, like that kind of yeah. stuff is hard and it always will be. But just what you're doing, Kristen, and sharing your story you know, I know there's somebody out there that's listening and you're, you're helping them. And that's what you need to do in this life is you have to take the trauma of what you've been through. Like the episode I have out right now, not to plug it, but this divorce coach, Jackie Miller went through this horrific divorce. Her husband was just awful to her. And she turned her life around and she became a divorce coach. And now she helps countless other women. So your story and you getting up and you doing stand up, especially like you don't know, like who's going to be in that audience. That's going to be like, you changed my life. You don't know that you're going to be that counselor, that camp counselor to somebody someday. Like I had my camp. Yeah. I wish I could find yeah. that girl. You know, I'll never forget her. So I, okay. In closing, I want to know if you could say something to to somebody that just lost somebody, for example, another widow, like say somebody was newly widowed. Is there any like advice you would give? Yes. Um, please don't be fooled by how I sound and look right now. Um, I'm devastated. I, I'm beyond devastated. And every day 
is a day that as a widow, you have to wake up and, and find the reason to continue, not even being suicidal, not even, it's not even a suicidal, it's just how can I move forward? So to a, to a fresh widow, oh God, the first few months are so brutal. Mm-hmm. It's just so much hurt. Just, just, just the first few months in, I would, I would say, just really try to be kind to yourself. I know that sucks to hear because it's it's such a small thing to say, but I I was so brutal to myself in the beginning, especially the first three months. And I put myself through a lot of hurt. I said horrible things to myself, like you're you're an idiot for not for not um saying I'm gonna divorce you if you don't go to the doctor doctor, for not forcing him to to do things that he didn't want to do. I was so hurt hurtful to myself that I think if I was better to myself it would have been easier in the beginning I love so that I would just say you have to be gentle to yourself mm-hmm. when when all when the walls are closing in on you and I I know what they're going through I could just I close my eyes and I think of a new widow and I know exactly what they're going through the walls are caving the walls have caved in it's like you just gotta you just gotta take it one minute at a time sometimes and but in you just got to be so gentle with yourself just in those moments just just breathe and and try to try to be so gentle to yourself it's all I can say I love I love what you said about the honesty of what you look like and like don't be fooled don't be fooled because there's a lot of people walking around in tremendous amounts of pain that could be especially if you're somebody that likes you or I like to hide behind humor, right? So you yep. might be joking or yep. kidding. And it's okay, by the way, to laugh. You know, I, you said <laughs> something in the beginning that struck me that was like, you almost feel like guilty if you're like telling a story and you're like laughing and you're like, well, I shouldn't be laughing right now yeah. because so-and-so, I just lost this person. Am I a horrible person? That's okay. That's That's what, that's like what you said, like put one sock on at a time. And if you walk around yep. your house in one sock and a bare foot, that's okay too. Um, perfect. Yeah, it's, it's perfect. perfect. <laughs> it's perfectly imperfect. And at some point in my life yeah. or in, in the day today, I'm going to come up with a new word besides selfish because I hate that I use selfish in the beginning of yes. the podcast. And I might be. And you have to share. It I'm going to be you. messaging you because this, this will take over my brain for probably a good portion of the day. Because I don't like the word selfish, but I can't think of one yeah. because it's not selfish. It's it's self-preservation is what it is. Yeah. Okay. Kristen. Absolutely. I can't even <laughs> thank you enough like that you like you make my you make my life like you really make my life by that, the fact that you reached out to me. And you and you said, can I tell can I share my story and to all my listeners that reach out to me? I cannot thank you enough because this is why I do this. Um, So I adore you. You freaking have a friend right now in me forever. Um, So and I'm here for you. And I'm I just I love what you're doing and you keep going and you keep doing your stand up and you keep taking it day by day. And like I say in the, oh, really quickly, share your TikTok where people can find you because I know your people are going to want to reach out to you. So your TikTok and your Instagram. Yes, TikTok and Instagram. uh, It's Chris Cush. It's K-R-I-S-C-U-S-H for both. Um, Mostly I post my shows on Instagram. Uh, I'm going to be, I have a couple shows coming up here. Raleigh and then I have a couple shows in Denver in February so I'll be posting them <laughs> maybe someday you'll be in LA and we can meet in person I would love that well that that day would be very soon my brother uh lives in LA so once I get the strength to do that much more traveling okay well we're meeting we're no meeting problem. someday I want yes. you to know that okay <laughs> everyone well please yes. follow Kristen and and just know like there's there's I don't I'm I don't know what else to say except for the fact that I'm so grateful that she shared her story and I'm grateful to be able to do what I do. So thank you. And thank you to Sal and M 
I love Sal and M. So that's the Good Morning podcast. Um, They're two fabulous Australians. So highly recommend their podcast and they have a book coming out as well. Um, So in closing, be happy by making other people happy. Thanks, Kristen. Thank you. Thank you so much. Judging Megan with Megan Judge. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com.